This is episode 123 for Tuesday, January 23rd, 2018, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we'll be discussing styles 15C and 16D, Irish and Foreign Extra Stouts. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back to another episode of Bruce Styles. We're here on a Sunday morning, and it's cloudy, partly cloudy skies. We're in about uh, 73 degrees. Well, we are glad to be here. Hope you are uh, keeping your ears listening to Bruce Styles Radio for the rest of the day. Sunday morning. This is radio? I disagree. It's, I thought, it's mostly cloudy I thought there. it was Tuesday, January 23rd. <sighs> I started off real strong, and then I, <laughs> I petered out pretty quickly. <laughs> We're going to peel back the curtain for you guys. We actually record this on Sundays. But it's actually Sunday afternoon. Yes. So, <laughs> just just saying. Yes. Well, yeah, anyways. It's not 5 o'clock. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Bruce Styles. 5 o'clock somewhere. As always, yeah. I'm Travis. And, uh, Are you sure? I am. I am what I am. And I'm joined by a few people today. To my left is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hola, como esta? I'm Chris. Oh. That's me. Nice try, Eddie. There you no. go. Let's let's say, do you, are, are you coming in hot with Lemon Pledge with that accent? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Mr. Superman, he no here. So tell me about your week in beer activities, Chris. Oh, geez. Actually, uh, I have not been drinking a whole lot of beer. I've been trying to cut back a little bit. What's wrong with you? I, well. Hmm. See, y'all asked me that question. Now I can ask you. That yeah, question. that's that's fair. Well, I have the same answer you had. Oh, okay. I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm not giving up drinking though. I have been experimenting throughout the world of whiskey. Huh. So yes. I've been doing a lot of research, and I've tasted four or five different whiskeys this week, trying to calibrate my palate a little bit. Uh, I've discovered an app similar to untapped for uh distilled beverages check in your whiskeys yeah i can rate them up to five stars i can leave comments i can read other people's reviews it's been very informative um i you know i tried to to read some of the reviews on stuff that i was buying to kind of know what i was getting myself into i've learned a lot about the different styles especially uh when you're talking about scotch uh, oh yeah, municipality has a lot to do with your flavor profile. You're basically like you're basically gonna have like four different styles, and just the water you get is just gonna change that scotch. So yeah, and it's it's so much like beer hmm. mm-hmm. that it is. I I mean, obviously they still do a mash, they still have wort, but they take the wort instead of hopping it and fermenting it, they distill it, and then they put it in a barrel. 
and depending on the type of mash you have, you can either have a grain or a malt whiskey or a rye whiskey. Uh, and then whether or not it's a whiskey or a scotch is municipality, just like when we're talking about some of our German and Belgian styles. Uh, water has a lot to do with it. The peat notes that you get from Highland uh, and some of the Isla versions yes. of, of Scotch whiskey uh, are from the water and the peat and the smoke whenever they're smoking their malt, which is very similar to Scottish beers. I love a good peaty scotch. So it's I'm I'm finding all of these parallels that is very fascinating. I'm totally nerding out on this. I'm sure y'all got t- really tired of my text messages over the last well, I guess it was really last night that I was texting you guys a lot. Um but you just were? finding all of these um parallels between the two and tasting a whiskey or a scotch and noticing, oh, this is the same peated character that I get out of a Scottish ale. So it's been really, really interesting. Um, I started with what I could, um, what, what people have told me are like entry level. Obviously, you don't want something super aggressive. Uh, one of the videos I was watching on YouTube um, is a guy that has aggressively a, bland. Yes, <laughs> um, that's one way to put it. Uh, there's this. Um, it's the the whiskey vault which is in Austin and it has this level three sommelier who runs it. And it's a, uh, like a whiskey school anyway. So I found his videos on YouTube and it's really informative. He's talking about, um, the way he kind of compared it to other beverages is if you ask somebody if they like coffee or, Hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Are they going to get a black or are they going to get a triple whipped caramel macchiato with non-fat milk and you know it's <laughs> that's a coffee flavored beverage at that point yes it's not actually coffee um so you you equate it to the same way with whiskey if you say oh yeah i like whiskey okay well what is it you're drinking oh i only drink jim beam and jameson but then i put three cubes in and add water and you know that's that's a whiskey flavored beverage at that point you're not just drinking straight whiskey so one of the other things he said though too which which rang clear with the beer thing was the right way to drink whiskey is the way that you like to drink it. Mm-hmm. Don't let people tell you, oh, you're doing it wrong. You know, okay. the whiskey snobs like, oh, you got to have one drop of water in your, <laughs> you know, whatever. He's like, drink it the way you want to drink it. Drink the whiskey that you like and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. He's like, my job is to inform you of the different flavor profiles so that you can make an informed decision. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah I like the, whiskey. One of the cool things that I did a couple years back with one of the other Quick Trip trainers that uh, back when I was a trainer, uh, we went to Total Wine for one of their for a couple of their Scotch classes actually, and those you know we talk we talk about Total Wine strikes again, but actually those classes were informative enough uh, for beginner Scotch drinkers yeah. to understand some of the terminology. They they kind of run through a PowerPoint while they're doing the PowerPoint. They have like seven different types of Scotch lined up. So as examples, and they let you have, you know, have like a small glass of the scotch, like, you know, taster, and, you know, kind of expose you to, hey, this is what we mean by, you know, peated character. This is what we mean by, you know, the different, just the different process of the processes that go into it. It was actually really, those were really informative and actually kind of got me into scotch for a good while. And, yeah. you know, those were, those were actually pretty good. It was like 20 bucks and... You know, it's a good way to spend like an hour and a half. Just go to a liquor store. And the, the and different out. styles of whiskey, like I was talking about, you got, you got the peated, like you get from Scottish beer. Same reason that it's, the flavor profile is the same. You have rye whiskey, 
Rye whiskey, rye whiskey. I knew that you were going to do that. And you get the exact same spicy notes that you get out of a rye beer because the rye comes through. Um, there's a, a wheat. You know, grain whiskey can be corn or rice or wheat or, you know, some other kind of grain that's not malted barley. Yeah. And you get the same character out of a wheat whiskey that you might get out of a wheat beer. It's it's kind of fuller bodied. It's got more uh, bready character to it. It's a little bit smoother. Uh, a lot of the entry level uh, whiskeys that I've been able to determine on my on my research are are grain whiskeys that have like you know the corn and the wheat and are not the single malt. Which people think that means they had one malt. That means it's the same. Um, distiller, it's not blended. So the two, the, that's a kind of a misnomer. People think single malt is the best thing because they only use one malt, and they no, that just means it's the single distiller. They didn't blend it with another distiller when they put it in the barrel. Okay. Uh-huh. That's what single malt means. Yeah, cool. See, I, Justin gave me a single malt whiskey or bourbon. I don't, heck, I can't remember which. Uh, at the engagement party, just for me to drink. Yeah, man, it's smooth. Yeah, it's real good. It, I also learned the difference between whiskey with an e and whiskey without an e. Oh, there's a difference. Yeah, well, not really. It's all just marketing. Oh. A whiskey <laughs> without an e is actually going to be like from Ireland, Scotland, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the whiskey with an e is American. Huh. Interesting. I guess you could say that's a mystery. <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, so that's... <laughs> I would like to make a recommendation for you to try. Okay. Uh, you need to pick up the uh, Wild Turkey 101 single malt. Oh, goodness. So that'll, that'll, that'll knock you down. No, it, actually, well, it's the, not bad. The it's ones that I've really been drinking good. right now, I have the, the TX whiskey from that's made here in Fort Worth, and that is very sweet. Uh, then I picked up a uh, Maker's Mark. Not the yeah. 46, just the regular Maker's Mark. Okay. And that one is a little bit spicier. Uh, and then I have the um, Glenfiddich 12, which is peated. Hmm. So I had three different three flavor difference. profiles, yeah. and I, I tried them all back-to-back, like little bitty tastes, just so I could I could hit them very quickly. And I, it was night and day difference between the three. And I was completely blown away, because every single time I've had whiskey before, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know. But I've kind of develop a taste for it and and i'm starting to pick up the different flavor profiles and you know it's just it's interesting i'm enjoying it yeah. something new and different i i haven't yeah. been this excited about flavor profile since i started home brewing <laughs> right you know it's just kind of reinvigorated my my yeah. palate a little bit so nice. i'm I've enjoying good. it yeah well that was whiskey uh whiskey talk and we yeah. don't really have any time for any <laughs> beer talk today so nope. um thanks for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, sorry. That was kind of a tangent. We could but, almost run that as a mini. But it was fun. That yeah, was a it, large tangent. It would be fun. I, I really do think. So we're going to do whiskey styles next? Well, I mean, even if we broke it down and like did a peated whiskey and a scotch ale or something like that and just kind of seen I mean, the I'm, comparison, I yeah. think that'd be kind and of cool. And bourbon's completely separate from that, too. Oh, yeah. That's, that's we could do go-to. like a, a rye whiskey and a rye beer. We could do uh, bourbon barrel aged beers next to a bourbon. I, there's a lot of possibilities there. I think it'd be a lot of fun to do. On your app, do you earn badges like on Untapped? Not that I've seen. No. Land of the Free, level 97. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. That sounded awful. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, so yeah, I, I'm I'm new to the world of whiskey. So if any of our listeners have your favorite that you'd like me to try out mm-hmm. and you think it's it's really good, send me an email and I'd love to I love to try and pick that up. There's a couple I haven't been able to find yet that are on my list: Monkey Shoulders and Buffalo Trace. Huh. Both of those I've heard are really good, but Total Wine didn't have them. Really? So yeah. How does this compare to Moonshine? I've never really had That's real moonshine. Great question. Thanks so, for asking that. Uh, yeah. More questions than answers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we're also joined today by other people. Uh, Powers is here. Hey. Sorry. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. <laughs> this has been great. Yes. I like talking about alcohol. Absolutely. <sighs> yes. Oh, that's what we're talking about. Yes, alcohol. Okay, so it's been a few weeks since you brewed your uh, your one gallon batch, <laughs> and uh, update us on where you are in that process. I am. Okay, I'm watching sample with the gentleman Jack here. Sorry, I forgot we had this on the table. He I'm needs just, to kill I it. smelled it. It's very oaky and vanilla. I'll, I'll do that later. All right. <laughs> All right. So I am at the point where I am bottling tomorrow, and okay. so. What I'm just going to do real quick, because this is kind of a follow-up to the Brew Kits episode, I'm going to describe to everybody what the instructions say about how I should bottle, all right? So, at this point, you will mix your remaining sanitizer with water, because I still have half a packet of sanitizer that I have to use at this point. Is it a powder or liquid? It's a powder, yeah. Okay. And then you will fill each... So, you have all your bottles laid out, and you've already rinsed them out and gotten them all clean. You'll fill each bottle with a little sanitizer and shake, of course. So, basically, sanitize everything. Now, as far as the sugar element for the carbonation, I am going to be dissolving three tablespoons of honey with half a cup of water. And I'll pour that into a sanitized pot. What? Honey? Here we go. Oh, no. You will be siphoning your beer into the same pot in the next steps. What? So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix up some honey water, put it in a pot, then I'm going to siphon the beer into the pot. Okay. I don't know... Well, I mean, you're essentially making a bottling bucket, but since it's a smaller quantity, you don't actually need a bucket. So, it makes sense. Yes. I, I get it. Exactly. And so, once it's in the pot, you will then... I, I think you'll... I don't know if you'll mix it up a little bit. It doesn't say to stir or anything. Yeah. But at that point, you'll just switch yeah. switch gears and siphon from the pot into the bottles. Yeah. Cap well, it up and go. Since you're putting a larger amount of liquid into a smaller amount of liquid, you don't really need to stir. Okay. If it were the other way around, you'd have to I guess that makes sense, stir yes. A little bit. So this will this is the process of bottling. I'll cap I'll cap it up once it's gone through the pot of honey water and Wait two weeks and hopefully it'll be carbonated. That sounds like I've a terrible idea. I can't wait to taste this beer. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not going to taste like an IPA. What? Well, we'll see. There, were, there was plenty of hop in there, and we there was had, a lot of hop sentiment. We had in the that. beer making hops. Yeah, your so, one tenth of hop additions. Oh, well, 0.5 ounces. Well, there's total I, ounce I'm, of hops. I'm guessing there's no. It's hop edition time. <laughs> I guess there's no like uh, dry hopping or or anything like that. that Not really. About. No, there was no mm. dry hopping. I, I think that they considered that too advanced for my beginner mind. Yeah, because you know, an all j- grain kit. Take take your airlock off of your gallon jug and, and drop a hop pellet in, and then close it back up. That's oh. that's too uh, complicated. Or you could teabag it. That's hard. <laughs> I wonder why they chose honey over just like regular table sugar. Yeah, know. because most people I think would have table sugar more than just honey in their pantry. Yeah, 
I mean, we had four and a half pounds on hand the other day. And <laughs> Maybe it's, they, it's not going to contribute a whole lot of flavor. No, because it's going to ferment out. Maybe they're hoping that that will add more sugar content. But then at that point, you get overcarbonation. Yeah. Well, so, that, uh, that's why table sugar works too. For It's yeah. only three tablespoons of it in a half, dissolved in a half cup of water. So it might not be too much of it. But if you're talking about literally less than a gallon now, now that you've had the you know the yeast, it, it does say flocculate out. You've you've got it does say if you if you're gonna have less than a gallon of uh, bottleable beer, then compensate for that by using less honey. So it 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 does tell you like hey, if don't use the full three tablespoons if you've got like an eighth of a gallon of sediment at the bottom like I do. <laughs> so I'll probably go with like two and a half tablespoons. Of yeah. Honey. Go easy on it. Yeah, that's what well, that's what I'll probably do. Because you don't want to have a a a bottle bomb. Yeah. If you overcarbonate, but all of that pressure <laughs> that's built up inside that bottle, it will pop. Ask Travis how. Yeah, he, he would know about that. My my only concern is, should I like warm up the honey mixture a little bit just to like cause cause it to like because it feels like if I'm just putting honey into water, it's just gonna. It like, didn't say warm it up. It it just said half a cup of water. And so it didn't say anything about hot water. It didn't say anything about that. You need to dissolve the honey. That's the thing. You I need to boil the water to make it sanitized. Yeah. Because you're adding that in there, too. Yes. So those are important steps that they left out. Well, they say, they do say pour into a sanitized pot. So you're going to use the sanitizer on the pot itself. That's fine. But but then the actual water you're pouring in there. That does make sense. So also I, I, should, I should at least boil the water before I do anything well, to it. Or are right? we going to follow the instructions exactly as stated? No, we should follow the instructions exactly as stated. Right, I'm not going to ruin my beer for the sake of following the instructions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have had uh, this thing in my closet for two weeks now. I would say you can take the water and boil it. You can add the honey in there because that'll cause it to mix and, and break down the compounds. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to boil the water. Then I'm going to let it cool off just a bit. I'm going to have... I'm, but not like to the point where it's room temperature. I'll mix the honey in while it's warm, stir it up a bit, and then I'll kind of go from there. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Word. Cool. Okay. So that that's that. I'm going to be doing that tomorrow, and I'll have a follow-up on that process and how easy it was or difficult it was next week. Okay. Fantastic. And that's my adventures in beer. I will give you a, just a, a pro tip. Okay. <laughs> when you're moving your fermenter. Just the tip. Uh, and Here's a fun fact. You're siphoning <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. Be as careful as you can not to uh, rouse the sediment. Okay. Because uh, obviously it all settled out. Yes. You just move very carefully and slowly. The, and that, that will help with the clarity of the beer too. The nice thing about this, like remember that little black tip that they had? I'm going to put that at the end. Yeah, right. I'm going to put that at the end of my racking cane and they say that that should. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's black. Yes. I'm sorry. Am I the only one that found that funny? Racking cane? No. No, he said at the end of his racking cane. <laughs> okay. It, but that's going to be where it goes. <laughs> it's the end of it's the tip of the racking cane. So that that, that thing is supposed Covers to actually yeah. filter out some of the sediment. Yeah. So that's okay. how that should hopefully go. But I, I do understand. Yeah. It'll make it just so much easier on me anyway yeah. not to rouse it. So yeah, no, I get that. Cool. All right. Well, that was... Uh, thanks for the update. Yep. Yeah. I'm interested to see how it turns out. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and we're also joined today by Sawyer. Hey, I'm still here. Yes. <laughs> What's up? You are, and you're drinking again. I am. It's fantastic. And you didn't like gain all the weight back in one week, so no, I'm doing all right. That's good. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, trying to stay active. So, have you done anything beer related other than uh, podcast? No, not not particularly. Um, I had a Jack and Coke the other night, but that's about it. So, yeah, I know I'm just uh, Mister Fun over here. Yeah. Well, we've all talked a lot, so why don't you go ahead and give us some brews and oh, the news? Okay. Well, I. Oh. <laughs> We're also joined by Travis. Hey, Travis, hey, how you doing? Oh, I yeah. need your hey, intro. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, what did you do beer-related? Well, I actually <laughs> I transferred my, my logger into secondary yesterday, yeah. and so I'm going to start the logging process. It's going to logger until the first weekend of spring break, and that's when I'm going to keg it. And I'll, I, I'm planning on drinking that probably starting then because I'll have the other keg for Sawyer's wedding at the same time, and then I'll need to have something ready to drink and so i think that's that's what i'm gonna aim for and that'll give me about seven weeks of lagering time uh smelled pretty nice whenever transferred didn't taste it but i'm hopeful that it's going to turn out well cool for my first lager experience and then uh after that one comes out then i'm going to start brewing two lagers at the same time i'll do a full six or a five and a half gallon batch and i'll do a three and a half gallon batch and then ferment both those simultaneously and I'll get a, a three-gallon keg, put that in. How'd you do your diacetyl rest? Uh, it was fermenting at 50 degrees for two weeks, and then I cranked it up to 58 for 48 hours. Just 58? Yep. Yeah, just 58. Did you see more activity? A bit. I waited until the Krausen started to fall in, so it, yeah. it didn't sit around for too long yeah i i usually put mine up to like 62 64 kind of closer to ale temperature mm-hmm. just so that the yeast kind of get excited and and clean up all that diacetyl but yeah, yeah. i mean it's temperature's weird. not too far off what this is starting to sound a little weird <laughs> talking about getting excited yeah sorry <laughs> that's all i've done <laughs> and uh there's that well thank you to our listeners yes thank you for listening thank you for coming back uh if you have listened before thank you for coming back if it's your first time welcome did we get any emails no oh uh, got some spam i like spam we should we need to have a spam segment yeah what? What I, episode i deleted a bunch of comments off of our website yesterday i'm surprised how many of our listeners really like viagra you know <laughs> it's just comment after comment after comment that's secretly me sorry so are you are, are you telling us something about yourself right here no I, I'm joking. I are you sure? Yeah, okay. I'm erect now. <laughs> I, yes, I am actually. <laughs> well, our site was updated to WordPress version 4.9.2. Oh, I did get that email. That's good. That was an automatic update. And then uh, I got an email from uh, Blueberry. It was a pod, or I mean a, a podcast hosting service that we're not even using. Blueberry. That's like Blueberry Hill by Fats Domino. And then I got a bunch of Facebook notifications. And that's about it. Oh, okay. Speaking oh, of Facebook. Yes. Yeah, I know. I need to update that. We are on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter and, and Untapped. You can I, look us up and follow us there. Also, if you like our podcast, then subscribe on your favorite way to digest podcasting things. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Yep. We we're, are on Google Play now. We're, yeah. on, yeah. we're on the big oh, okay. ones. Yeah. Yep. The big ones. All right. All well, right. Uh, well, Sawyer. Yeah. Are you ready for some brews and the news? I suppose so. So this first one, this is the big one I was talking about. 
Um, yes, that was me. Thank you. Um, Cigar City. Sir Car? Cigar. Oh. <laughs> like the thing that you smoke. Word. <laughs> no, I don't smoke Sir Car. That, that would be kind of weird. Last week you said you smoked wood. What? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about pulling that as a drop, but... I don't remember saying that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Probably talking about your smoker. And you're, you're trying to smoke say smoked meat. wheat, but you, you said uh, smoked, smoked wood. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's not good. All right. So you're just on a roll today. Yes, I am. Cigar City. Now I think I'm, I'm sure. saying Sarkar. Thanks, Sample. I appreciate it. <laughs> Cigar City. <laughs> Cigar City, a Florida-based brewery. Here is, out of Tampa, Okay. here is the headline, dang it, Cigar City. <laughs> that time we did yo, say Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> dang it. Cigar City Brewing Company <laughs> introduces, int- introduces Texas distribution. You guys suck. <laughs> this is awful. They're going to be distributing in Texas. They're nice. coming to Texas, finally. Wait, Sir Carr's coming to Texas? Yeah, Sir Carr's He was just here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, always coming back. <laughs> that is one of the brews yeah. that's been on my list of once. Because they... Oh, yeah? Yeah, back in the day when I would do uh, weekly rape beer tastings, that was always something that if somebody brought out a bottle of that, I was like, oh, man. Of course, that was eight years ago. But even still, it's it's always kind of stuck in my mind. That's one of my go-to or hopefully want to be go-to breweries. Yeah, uh, CCB has partnered with Benny Keith Beverages throughout the state to distribute its portfolio of unique ales and lagers, including the award-winning, uh, probably going to mispronounce this, Jai Alai IPA, uh-huh. uh, kegs and 12-ounce cans of Jai Alai Tampa-style lager, and its newest year-round offering, Guayabara Citra Pale Ale, will be available throughout Texas beginning in late January. Wow, this is actually pretty soon. Because it makes you want a mango. Uh-huh. Uh, part of Canarchy's vision is to share capacity across multiple brewing facilities support or to supply the nation with the freshest beer in a can available. In this spirit, Cigar City Brewing will be uh, uh, will begin brewing a portion of their year-round offerings at the Oscar Brew- uh, Wow Oscar Blues Brewing Facility in Austin. Hmm. Not only will Texans have access to Cigar City, Brewing's Florida-inspired beer for the first time, the launch of the brand will also add more locally brewed beer to Texas's rapidly growing craft beer market. So, okay. Benny Keith, and they're going to be brewing out of Oscar Blues. Yeah, so a Florida brewery is partnering with a Colorado brewery to brew in Texas. To brew in Texas. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. <laughs> I am... Okay, I I want to know how often that happens now. Just because I I've never heard of I've heard of collaborations, but I've never sure. heard of a, a brewery taking up a permanent kind of lease. No, that's in happened brewery. here locally. Uh, okay. Manhattan Brewing, well, project. yeah, Manhattan Brewing. Project, they brew yeah. out of Bitter Sisters. Mm-hmm. They're looking for their own property. Yeah, the Manhattan Brewing Project. That's mm-hmm. who it was. Yeah, I couldn't remember their exact name, but yeah, yeah that they're local. Armadillo Ale Works used to brew out of somebody else too, so it it happens from time to time. Contract okay. brewing. Okay. Well, Cigar City has a few local uh, pint nights, I guess, uh, that are coming up. One's going to be on the twenty fourth of January at Rock and Brews in the Colony, and then the Bearded Lady on the twenty fifth, uh, and those both start at six p.m. And if you're looking in Dallas. Uh, on the 23rd at the Holy Grail Pub, uh, that's at 6 o'clock. 
Good Friend Burger Bar at 6.30, and then in uh, Houston at World of Beer, Katie. Wow, so they're going to be here like next week. Yeah. Or within this week. Yeah. Basically. Essentially. So pretty nice. pretty crazy stuff. I'm I'm excited to get their stuff in here. Okay. So you know, so not to bring the conversation back to whiskey again. Uh oh. But I did learn something very interesting that has another parallel to beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep it related here. Okay? okay. So whenever we're talking about big beer, what is it that we mean by that? Like Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch, yeah. Miller Coors. Yeah. So there's big whiskey. But like platinum. So, and this is something interesting too, because think about how long it takes to make a really good whiskey. Years. Three, four, five minimum. Yeah, because yes. you got to age it. Yeah. And then the, the good ones don't start coming out till 10 plus years after that yeah. they're in the barrel. Okay. So talk, thinking about all the capital overlay involved with opening up a distillery and then you're not selling your own product for at least four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what they'll do is they buy whiskey from other companies and sell it under their own label. They'll blend it and then sell it on their own label. Or they'll sell a, d- a distilled liquor that doesn't take a lot of aging, like um, tequila or vodka or something like that. Okay. But even all the, the, not all, but a lot of the craft whiskeys that you'll buy in the store uh, are actually purchased from a big whiskey company known as MGP based out of Indiana. So hmm. if you look at your whiskey label and it says made in Indiana, chances are that it was produced by MGP. Company bought it, put it in their own barrels, and then sold it. They're not actually making the whiskey on site. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. So I okay. thought that was really strange. I bet a lot of liquor companies do that. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, in the craft beer world, we're talking about how much, oh, big beer, blah, 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 dilly, dilly, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> dilly, dilly. <laughs> but... It's the same everywhere. Business is business. These people are, are here to make money. And well, yeah, they're going to do whatever well, they can. So, yeah, if, if you're opening up a a new brewery, a new label, and you don't have space yet, yeah, you'll go to another brewery and use their equipment. If you're wanting to have distribution in a new area, you'll utilize breweries in the area to help you do that. So I just thought it was interesting. It happens all over the place, probably a lot more than we think it does. Yeah, it comes down to money, and it also comes down to real estate, how much space you have to store all this stuff for that amount of time, Yeah, you know? So anyways, that's a good point. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So this next one we've been meaning to talk about for a while. Uh, We just kind of forgot. So uh, this is an older article but this comes from guidelive.com which i'm sorry i forgot to mention that the 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 last uh story came from beerpulse.com all right crediting our sources yep mm -hmm. this is as of january 12th at 2 38 p.m yes that's specific Petticola's Brewing company plans to reopen its tap room this week after it was shut down by the dallas fire marshal According to a post on Facebook, the tap room will welcome drinkers back to the bar on Thursday, January 11th, and will resume normal business hours from there. Uh, we will continue to work with the city and fire department to ensure that all regulatory compliance is satisfied, the post reads. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to... Let's see. Uh, Cindercade was also shut down. Who was the other one? Do you all remember? Cidercade and Noble Ray. There you go. 
However, this doesn't say why it was shut down. It was a fire code issue of some sort that none of the companies have actually really... The, the only thing that I saw was from Cidercade. They publicly posted that due to our increasing volume and customer base, uh, the... Dallas Fire Marshal has ordered that we shut down immediately. And that's all that they said. You really. basically just read it verbatim from this article, mm-hmm. almost. Uh, the other thing that I saw, though, too, is that how how did they get approved for occupancy from the city with these problems in place? You know, that, that was one point that they were making on the actual news, like on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if the regulation had changed you would imagine that they would have been either grandfathered in or given a, a window of time to fix the issue. You have been notified about right. it. So yeah. And I think it, that's yeah. why they're so upset about it because they, when they opened, they didn't have a tap room. That was before the tap room laws were, were uh, allowed in yeah. Texas. So they opened up as a basically just a factory, a production brewery. And so there wasn't any uh, really concern with occupancy because you're only going to have just a few people in there at a time. And also the, the sprinkler systems, I don't think, was as big a concern than it is now when it's kind of a mixture of a bar and a production yeah. at the same time. So, yes, they have changed their format, but they didn't change what the city had approved for them for. So I think that's kind of where the basis is. And what's messed up is that the, the Dallas Fire Rescue personnel stopped by these places on New Year's Eve, like during their big parties, you know? Mm-hmm. And shut them down. This is yeah. It was late at night, uh, so th- there's, you know, they haven't come out and said what actually happened, but we can tell just by the, the connotation of their Facebook post that um, these businesses are not happy about the way that it that it all just came down. So how are they magically reopening? Like what happened to, to make that change? They haven't disclosed that yet. Yeah, they won't. They haven't said. I have a feeling there might be a lawsuit coming. Yeah, I. Because I have a feeling that, you know, maybe it, it boils down to an overzealous fire marshal that decided, oh, this has changed and well, no one's called them out on it. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do this. And then there wasn't any notification made. And so then the breweries, you know, loyaled up, lawyered up, maybe even together. Maybe yeah. they went in together and got a high priced lawyer and said, we're going to fight this because this is stupid. Yeah, right. maybe so. so. Here's, here's the interesting thing because I'm. I kind of went on to all three of these companies' social media, and I can tell you that the most frustrated was Petticolis. Yeah. Uh, he was... A former def- lawyer, he is. Yes. And so he was definitely the most uh, the most outwardly frustrated. On the day that they closed, he was also very suspicious. So what he said, uh, I'm not going to read his whole post, but... What he said is, ultimately, we are focused on overcoming just another one of many obstacles placed before us since opening a small business in Dallas, Texas. So that tells me that he's run into issues before. Like, this is not the first time. Uh, He does say, we truly take pride in Dallas and work hard to contribute to its culture. Now is not the time, but one day we'll address the motivation behind a city agency closing our tap room at 8 p.m., on a holiday weekend without the opportunity to remedy any deficiency. So he is definitely looking forward and thinking like, why in the world are you doing this? Now, the day that they got approval to reopen, he took a little bit of a different tilt on this. He did say, uh, special thanks goes out to Dallas, Dallas Fire Marshal Chris Martinez for personally reaching out to us in an effort to resolve this matter. So while 
something tells me that this is actually not necessarily coming from the fire office, from the fire marshal's office themselves. This might be something weirdly politically driven, possibly elsewhere. I don't know. Yeah, because Noble Ray, I mean, they had no idea what it was going to mean for them to get it back, you know, get to be where they could back and be back open again. Yes, you know, because they were saying like, if we have to put in a fire sprinkler system, you know, we're we're done. Like, we don't have that kind of money to do something like that right now. Well, and you know, there's all these regulations that you would think that they would go through building inspections and code inspections before you can officially open. Yeah. There's a local brewery of, of which we know the owner that was telling us about all of the, the code and, and other things that he had to go through before he could open. Mm-hmm. He thought that they weren't going to let him open because his building was what, eight feet too close to the building next to it or something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. wow. And it was just like really yeah. stupid things that they just try to find to keep you from opening, it looks like. It's dumb. So how is it that they've been open for so many years, and then, boom, all of a sudden you're not following the code without any kind of notification or time frame to fix the issue? Yeah, I I can understand why they're pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the biggest problem sounds like there's no communication between the city organizations. (laughs) Oh, big surprise. Government can't talk to each other. uh, Sure, Uh that one inspector will come in and say one thing, (laughs) another inspector will come in and say another thing. And then they finally get their certificate of occupancy. And then the fire marshal is not a part of any of that. They just come in and enforce whatever is written. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they came in and they saw what they saw. And, and there's that. So, I mean, they were, it's, yeah, they were doing their job. More than likely, I bet the the, the blame is going to be placed squarely on the city itself and not the fire marshal. Yeah. Well, well all of these companies seemed in their social media posts upon reopening, they all seemed pretty appreciative of the fire marshal actually. And they didn't have to do that. Like they could have just said like, we're open again. They said we could, but all of them made a point of saying, Hey, thanks to Chris Martinez for actually working with us on this. So I think, I don't think the fire marshal is the bad guy in this. I think it's something else. Or maybe not that fire marshal. Yeah. Possibly. Yes. Could be. Could be. Well, well, we should probably move on. Yes. Um, story, but so, yeah, I'm glad they're back open. Yes. Last thing, we're going to end with some comedy. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. I I could see this on a stab. <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> the, these are funny uh, drunk arrest headlines, news headlines. And I'm just going to read the headlines, not reading the stories, because that's going to take forever. The first one, it says, man eats underwear to beat breathalyzer. <laughs> what the... <laughs> Drunken student is locked up and fined for calling police horse gay. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we should have done that when we had the breathalyzer last week. Eight <laughs> underwear? Eight un- No. <laughs> See if it works. Yeah, you can do that, Powers. <laughs> Drunk Florida man tries to use taco as ID after his car catches fire at Taco Bell. <laughs> Drunk woman steals a ferry and yells, I'm Jack Sparrow. This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) Drunk man wakes up inside shipping container bound for Los Angeles. Hmm. That one's not so weird. Uh, (laughs) Man loses license after driving drunk in Barbie toy car. Oh my gosh. I guess that is technically D... DWI, yeah. Just a couple more. Bill Murray arrested for drunk driving in a golf cart. Is that recent? Uh, <laughs> wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it there's was at nine thirty three, nine forty three a.m. Eastern yeah. Daylight Time. Yeah, but this is there's no so, date on this. Not in the last couple months because daylight time hasn't been in effect since November. Yeah. Let's see. 
<laughs> Donald Duck crashes into van and arrested for DUI. Seriously. That's what it reads. All right. And then, <laughs> let's see. Uh, last one. Police arrest Florida man for drunken joyride on motorized scooter at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your bruise in the news. What are we talking about today? Stouts. Stouts. This is the Deep Ellum IPA. No. 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 Chris, come on. Oh, goodness. Well, no. What we're going to start out with today is BJCP style 15C, uh, the Irish Extra Stout. And so we're just going to run through the guidelines really quickly. We really only have one example of this style. It is a commercial example, and I'd bet money you can probably guess what that commercial example would be. But we'll get there uh, once we're done with this. So, 15C Irish Extra Stout Impression. A fuller-bodied black beer with a pronounced roasted flavor, often similar to coffee and dark chocolate, with some malty complexity. The balance can range from moderately bittersweet to bitter, with the more balanced versions having up to moderate malty richness, and the bitter versions being quite dry. Aroma. Moderate to moderately high coffee-like aroma, often with slight (laughs) dark chocolate, cocoa, biscuit, vanilla, and or roasted grain secondary notes. I thought you were going to say emoji. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Esters, medium low to none. Hop aroma, low to none. May be lightly earthy or spicy, but is typically absent. Malt and roast dominate the aroma. So very malty roasty. Appearance, jet black, opaque. A thick, creamy tam, tan head, tam, tan head is characteristic. That's it for appearance. Flavor, moderate to moderately high, dark roasted grain or malt flavor, with a medium to medium high hop bitterness. The finish can be dry and coffee-like to moderately balanced with up to moderate caramel or malty sweetness. Typically has roasted coffee-like flavors, but also often has a dark chocolate character in the palate, lasting into the finish. Background mocha, 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 golly. Background. Is that like chocolate okra? Yes, chocolate, no, coffee-flavored okra, (laughs) actually. Mocha. Biscuit or vanilla flavors. Frusty. 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 Also trosty. Uh, where was I? Okay. Medium low to no fruitiness. Medium to no hop flavor, often earthy or spicy. The level of bitterness is somewhat variable, as is the roasted character and the dryness of the finish. Allow for interpretation by brewers. Mouthfeel. Medium full to full body with a somewhat creamy character. Moderate carbonation, very smooth, may have a light astringency from the roasted grains, although harshness is undesirable. A slightly warming character may be detected. Uh, Comments, it's traditionally bottled. Consumers expect a stout to always have a black color. The flavor intensity from whatever made it black is what consumers expect in their beer. Not all breweries make a dry, roasty version, typical of Guinness. They even mention it in their comments. A more balanced and chocolatey version is equally acceptable. Um, should I just read through the history real quick? Yeah, because it, it, it works with uh, 
our other styles today. Okay. So, history. It has the same roots as Irish stout, but as a stronger product. Guinness Extra Stout. That's the example we have today. Extra Superior Porter, later Double Stout, was first brewed in 1821 and was primarily a bottled product. Described by Guinness as a more full-bodied beer with a deeper characteristic roasted bitterness and a rich, mature texture, of all the types of Guinness available today, this is the closest to the porter originally brewed by Arthur Guinness. Note that in modern times, Guinness Extra Stout has different strengths in different regions. The European version is around 4.2% and fits in the Irish Stout style. Um... So we have a few examples. Uh, the examples are Guinness Extra Stout, the United States version. Uh, O'Hara's, golly, Celtic. Land Feline, or something, something like that. And Sheaf Stout. <laughs> uh, vital statistics, you've got IBUs 35 to 50, OG 1052 to 1062, ABV 5.5 to 6.5, and FG of 1010 to 1014. Swarm, 25 to 40. So, moving from that, any comments on that from anybody? The style comparison really stands out to me on oh, this okay. one. Uh, midway between an Irish stout and a foreign extra stout in strength and flavor intensity, although with a similar balance. More body richness and often malt complexity than an Irish stout. Black in color, not brown like a porter. Um, so, we, we've already done an Irish stout episode and uh if you remember back to that one which powers that was before you were born um, <laughs> yes power <laughs> what year were you born i was born in late 2017 october i was born in <laughs> yeah i was born october 2017 and i magically matured enough to be able to do this podcast i have not existed before that point if you remember all the irish stouts we did like murphy's and just the guinness black all those were really kind of just there's not much to them it was yeah it was real um, air. You had the bitterness, but it was also just kind of milky, and there wasn't a whole lot going on with it. If I remember correctly, Eddie did not like this style. No. No, no there's not really a whole lot of flavor. As a matter of fact, he said if he were ever handed one, he would throw it against the wall. That's oh, right. That's, that's, that's pretty aggressive. Yeah, aggressive, yeah. yes. Aggressively bland. So this one we have is... Uh, more intense than that one and then we have the foreign extra stout also which is a completely separate category and we have that uh, to feature today as well so this one will be similar to those the regular irish stouts but i guess more amped up yeah from the description it sounds like it's going to be just like an irish stout but you know more bitter more chocolate more roast more more alcohol because the other ones were like 4.2 yeah almost like bud light level these are in the five range. So this is like Bud Light Platinum, but stout. So let's. This is, this is Guinness Platinum. <laughs> oh god! Guinness so let's extra stout. Let's talk about it because I haven't sure. actually introduced the beer properly. It's black. It's black. It's. <laughs> it is Guinness Extra Stout. It is the commercial example. <laughs> it is also the only Irish Extra Stout that we could find in DFW. Yep. It's Guinness Extra Black. All right. Thank you. <laughs> blurb on the back. Blurb. 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 That's fine. Thanks very much. <laughs> Guinness has been brewing sought-after beers since 1759. The unmistakable deep, dark color, Maybe the rich, rewarding flavor, the crisp, refreshing bite, a living legend, pure beauty, pure Guinness. And I should have said that with an Irish accent, but I didn't. Um, This one, I'm trying to figure out the ABV on it. 
Strong Doc Milds. <laughs> Doc. Uh, doesn't have an ABV on the bottle. I suddenly remember my shot. It has a lot of other nonsense on it. That made for a good outtake. What? That part. We oh, did, did it? Yeah, we did that last week <laughs> on the meat episode. <laughs> See, I don't remember a lot of that episode, uh-huh. but that's okay. Yeah. I'll go back and listen. I like mead. Um, Burned. <laughs> I mean, so it's, this is, you know, five and a half to six and a half percent. It's going to be. I mean, to to balance out the alcohol and the bitterness and the roastiness, it's going to be more of everything. Yes. Untapped um, listed at five even. Okay. So, I, because when people think Guinness, they think Guinness Draft, which is the one that you can get on tap, you know, whenever you see Guinness. Or, it's on draught. It's on draught. <laughs> um, or the one that you get in the, the can that has the cat toy in it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah you know, it's nitro. on nitro and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, this has always been my Guinness of choice. If I had to choose between the two, then I was like, oh, extra stout, duh. <laughs> that's that's the one that you're going to drink because it actually has flavor. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Guinness draft that we get here does Sucks. not. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's a dry yeah. stout, right? Correct. So it's not going to have as much flavor by default. But you ask anybody who's ever been, you know, to Ireland, Scotland, England, that area, and drink and, and had a, a a Guinness draft fresh. They mm-hmm. swear up and down it tastes different. Right. Well, I believe they're actually made by different companies. Yeah. Because, so I, you know, yeah. I, I could see that, but this is this is the real Guinness. I think. Yes. I think Guinness draft is like beginner I, man's Guinness. Yeah, that's true. So, talking about the beer, it's black. Yes, it's black. it is black. Uh, when held up to. Get some light. ruby highlights for you sure. Get some ruby, yeah. Especially if you're looking from the side that the light yeah. is shining into. So it is clear, but it's just very dark so that it's difficult to see through. So yes. not not quite opaque. Mm. Tan foamy head though. Getting a lot of roasted chocolate. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Dark roasted chocolate notes, a little bit of sweetness. I am going to be honest and say that this is probably the reason that the, this beer is probably one of the primary reasons this style exists, and we could probably go down BJCP description again and describe this beer with that. It's not. <laughs> it's not real. Th- oh, are we at the tasting portion yeah. yet? Okay. Uh, are we okay. not? At- well, actually, I was being serious with that question. Thank you. Um, it's not real thick. Mouthfeel wise, I'm getting at least medium full. Yeah, yeah I would say I, no. I don't think I would even venture to say full. I would just say medium. I'd say medium full. Um, because this tastes like a porter to me, like mouthfeel oh, wise. Way, well, it's way it's too not, roasty. No, 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 not flavor wise. Just, yeah. just mouthfeel. Yeah. Well, it's not. It, it doesn't even feel nearly as carbonated as a porter. Sometimes like, that I get minus the carbonation. Okay. I was yeah, I'd say. say the carbonations. Low, low here for sure. Wait, so but this you, is this is our first extra stout episode, right? Yes. Okay. Never because mind. we knew we could only find basically one example of each. Okay. So we put it off until we can do something like this, where we expand our horizon. Yes. <laughs> I think I might be buzzed. <laughs> I'm getting something in the flavor that was not listed in the guidelines. Banana. I was about to say, let's let's pull one of these up. No, but close. Potato <laughs> chips. Um, I'm getting a lot of dark fruit. Um, I could kind of see that. A little bit of pruniness. Maybe grape. Yeah. It's kind of fruity. Yeah. Yeah. 
a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's accurate. I'm definitely getting a lot of bitterness. Like, if you were to eat coffee ground, yeah, it does that say kind of bitterness. Yeah, I'm not getting the the coffee flavor necessarily that it said you could get, but the bitterness for sure. It's yeah. like coffee, but incognito. So incognito. Yeah, talking about talking about a little bit of fruitiness. Liberal amounts of coffee whole. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> talking about that fruitiness. Um, would you say it's higher than medium low fruitiness? Uh, I'd say medium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it does say medium low to no fruitiness. So. Okay. Well, then I guess it's okay. I have something new. I kind of get green pepper. <laughs> Like on this? the very tail end, I, yeah. I, well, I didn't get that before you said it, so... Well, I mean, on the last beer, you said that about. I didn't get that either, so I'm, I'm not picking up on this one either. Yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not quite certain now, I'm with you there. I will say that I did agree with Eddie the last time we had a Guinness that I didn't like it, but I actually really like this one. Yeah, this one's good. Yeah, it's tasty. I don't remember getting so much dark fruit before. I don't think that's over the top. I, I, it's there, but I don't think it's. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like crazy. the last time I had this, it was like roast and chocolate and coffee, mm-hmm. and it was very straightforward. I'm I'm not as convinced it's so straightforward this time. Right. Yeah, and like the more that you talk about it, and the more that that I sip on it, the dark fruit notes do come out, and I I don't think it necessarily helps it. No, I liked it. The first time I had it, where I was this purchased? Don't like it as much this time. Okay, where where was this bottle purchased? Uh, this was purchased at a beer store in Keller. Uh-oh. Uh oh, you're about to tell me something bad, aren't is it you? Halls? That's not Keller. No, Halls? the city of Richardson. Halls? Thank you. Halls of South Lake. <laughs> you're, um, you're about no. to tell me something about this beer, aren't you? No, I was just looking for a date. And I can't find one. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a it, it, it's a smaller mom and pop type of place. So I I would not doubt that this might have been on the shelf a little bit longer than normal, but it also seemed like it was really on top of it beer store. Like they had a really good selection of everything. Have you, have you ever been to Halls? No, I've never been to Halls. Uh, you need to check out Halls too. Where is it? It's uh, pretty much between thirty and a little bit north of twenty. Really, it's like <laughs> along thirty-five and sixty-seven kind of there. All right, thank you, Danny Bayless. Okay. Um, <laughs> No, I think it's like Glade and 121. Yep. It's like a Valero gas station. It's right? a gas station yeah. and like restaurant too. Okay. It, but they, their beer selection is just phenomenal. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's one of those, if you're looking for something, you say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to find this beer. He'll find it for you. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I, I'm, cool. not, I'm not as much of a fan of this one today as I remember being in the past. Of course, the last time I had this beer was probably five years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while since I've done an extra stout here. So we yeah. should move on to Pounderability. Well, I mean, do we want to mention BJCP? It is a classic example, but based on what I read and what I'm tasting, I wouldn't Uh-oh. rank it that high. I would say it's in the 30s at least. I'd, I'd probably go about as high as 39. That's as high as I would go. I don't know that I'd go that high. I'd probably say more like 36. Interesting. Well, I'm saying I, I'd be more comfortable around the 37, 38 range, but I would not go higher than the 39, and I would fight it. Word. If somebody said, oh, it's a 45 point, and I was like, no, it's it's not. I really uh, don't think it is. No. No. 
I, I wouldn't go any higher than 39 because of the dark fruit notes that I'm getting that are so strong. Travis? I could agree with you that the dark fruit notes are enough to detract from what it should be mm-hmm. and what we know it to be. So there's something just a little bit off about this one. Yeah. Um, still tasty. Yeah. Still good. Still drinkable. High 30s powers. I could be with you on that one. What? I'm doing BJCP now? I'm doing it. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't take the class. Uh, I'm I'm going to defer here to All right, y'all. Cool. Yeah, I'm no just palatability writing. Yeah. <laughs> Powers doesn't want to crap on a beer that's a commercial example. <laughs> you know, I've crapped on beers before like this. Yeah. It's all right. Anyway, sorry. What did you say, Sawyer? <laughs> I, I was in the middle of saying six. Oh, oh was that a poop joke? <laughs> yep. Six. Six. Um, it's not real thick, you know. It, it, it's it's actually, in my opinion, kind of thin. Is that a poop joke? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, because oh. of the dark fruit, and I'm not really a dark fruit fan, I'd, I'd have to say four. Yeah, I'm, I'm closer to that at a 4.5. And the, and the bitterness. Yeah. The astringency lasts. It does. It does. Yeah, I'm going to go to 4.5 here. Stouts are not one of the things that I would like to pound ever. Um, Unless it, it's 1050. <laughs> it it stands in my mind whenever we had the uh, the Murphy's Stout Pint Night at Ginger Man years ago, and it was just like Frado and I and um, Boston Doug. Oh, and Boston Doug. Yeah, he, he, would, he wanted four glasses because he wanted a set of each one, and so he would just pound every beer until you get to the last one and then enjoy it. And so I saw him pound Murphy's Stout, and it, it three times yeah and, and it stuck in my mind oh god <laughs> did he puke later no <laughs> he's a big guy and it's like a four yeah. percent beer whenever you figure that out because back in the day i thought okay if it's dark then it's got to be high alcohol well, well no, i mean not. you can you can puke from you know something being overly sweet or overly full oh, yeah. but <clears throat> yeah i'd i'd probably go with a four on this one just hmm. because it's it's not not what I would want yeah. to pound quickly if I could. Just the bitterness, the dark fruit, the mouthfeel. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, let's move on to our next style of the of the day. What's next? I have an announcement. Twins? No. No. <laughs> I unlocked a couple of new badges. Mm. Twins? Middle of the road, level 13. And Luck of the Irish, level one. Ooh. Land of the Free, level 97. Okay. <laughs> you have been updated. <laughs> Thanks for that, Sawyer. Uh, this next one. Oh, Ooh. what? Uh, this next one. Well, hang on. We got to talk about the style first before <laughs> we that. So we are moving on to the foreign extra stout category, which is 16D. And if you remember in the previous one, this was listed as a style comparison, just slightly more intense. So it's going to be overall impression, a very dark, moderately strong, fairly dry stout with a prominent roast flavor. Aroma, moderate to high roasted grain aroma, often with coffee, chocolate, and or lightly burnt notes, low to medium fruitiness. May have a sweet aroma or molasses, licorice, dried fruit, and or uh, venice aromatics stronger versions can have a subtle clean aroma of alcohol and the one we're going to try next is 7.5 so that could come through 
Hop aroma, moderately low to none. Can be earthy, herbal, or floral. Dice low to none. Appearance, very dark brown to black in color. Clarity, usually obscured by deep color, if not opaque, should be clear. Large tan to brown head with good retention. Flavor, moderate to high roasted grain and malt flavor with a coffee, chocolate, or lightly burnt grain character, although without a sharp bite. Moderately dry, low to medium esters, medium to high bitterness, moderate to no hot flavor. Can be earthy, herbal, or floral. Diacetyl, medium low to none. So there can be a medium low level of diacetyl in this, and that is acceptable. For an ale? Yeah. Hmm. You don't see that very often. Especially at that level. It's usually like low to none, but medium low to none. Mouthfeel, medium full to full body, often with a smooth, sometimes creamy character. May give warming but never hot impression from alcohol presence. Moderate to moderately high carbonation. Comets, also known as foreign stout, export stout, foreign export stout, historic versions, before WW1, at least, had the same OG as domestic extra stouts, but had a higher ABV because it had long secondary with Brettanomyces chewing away at it. Brettanomyces. The difference between domestic and foreign versions were the hopping and length of maturation. Can I officially say something? Sure. My, ex- my wild card is no longer a wild card. I did not see that comment. I have an example. Sweet. <laughs> it's going to be weird. Stout. <laughs> history of this one. Stronger stouts brewed for the export market today, but with a history stretching back to the 18th and 19th centuries when they are more heavily hopped versions of stronger export stouts. Guinness Foreign Extra Stout, originally West India Porter, later Foreign Extra Double Stout, was first brewed in 1801, according to Guinness, with extra hops to give it a distinctive taste and longer shelf life in hot weather. This is brewed today in Africa, Asia, and the Caribbean. It currently makes up 40% of all Guinness brewed around the world. Holy crap. I didn't know that. So to a lot of the world, this is Guinness. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's why, whenever we talked about it earlier, whenever people say they go somewhere else and they have a Guinness, it tastes completely different because I think this is what they're getting. Hmm. Yeah. Because even in Untapped, it says that this particular brew, this foreign extra stout as it's labeled, is the UK and Ireland version. So, okay. Style comparison, similar in balance to an Irish extra stout, but with more alcohol, not as big or intense as a Russian imperial stout, lacking the strong bitterness and late uh, hops of American stout, similar gravity as a tropical stout, but with a dry finish, higher bitterness, and less esters. Because I remember a tropical stout was uh, one that's very fruity. And if this has the same kind of fruit level as the previous one we had, then it could be on par with the tropical stout. But it says it should have less esters than that. Okay. Than a tropical stout. All right. So this is the uh, the Guinness Foreign Extra Stout listed at 7.5%. Product of Ireland. Oh, oh it's man. opaque and black. I Very, don't even. I don't even get any ruby highlights. No highlights there. Yeah, this one's darker than the extra stout. It's real black and tan, foamy head. And saw your head just a glass of head at one point. Look at my head. Look at how it's different. I'm I don't serious. want to see that. Uh, no, look. Really, look. <laughs> I, I, I see. I don't. I don't see it. Ooh, that is that is creamy. I want head, and I want it to be huge. <laughs> so you're sticking his finger in his beer. Essence of finger. Okay, 
You tasting that? That's head? what she said. How's that head taste, Sawyer? Like foop. Put that head in your mouth. I ate the foop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, I have eaten foop. Was this on I nitro? I didn't eat the foop. No, it's in a bottle. Aroma no. is different than the extra stout that we just had. There's less of a dark fruit character. Yeah. More of just a like roast. milk chocolate roast character. Yeah. Huh. Kind of a, a molasses sweetness. I agree with all that. Yeah. Just the impression you get from smelling it. This, this seems bigger than the last one we had. Yeah, it's a full two points bigger. Even just the aroma, it comes across that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because the, the bitterness and the astringency and the roastiness is still present in the flavor, but it's not as hmm. harsh Yeah, no. as the extra stout. It's a lot smoother. Yeah. And I'm getting more of the chocolate notes on the finish. This is good. I like this one. Yeah, this is... Uh, man, this is solid. The... Uh, like you said, the bitterness is more restrained in this, or, or at least it's more balanced. Yeah. Within the other flavors, it doesn't the come sweetness. across. Balanced with the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely get like a, a roasty coffee, dark chocolate kind of character to it. You know, it's it kind of reminds me of a restrained imperial stout because imperial stouts you get a lot more roast, a lot more alcohol, a lot more everything, and mm. this is like the go between of you know a regular stout, be it a, a sweet stout or a dry stout, and then you've got imperial stout, and this one's kind of in the middle. Mm. Yeah, this is nice. This is yeah. This is hmm. So very nice. I agree. So with I'm going to tell you why I don't like this. Oh, you don't like this? What powers? No, I never. I know. No, I, no you're I, not supposed to take a crap. On I disagree ears. with everything that's been said. What? <laughs> what is going on? I, no, no, I don't Travis know. Is going crazy. On I don't the know why over. the drop board is saying things that I don't want it to say. I'm a drunk troll. Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> that one might fit though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, this is a good beer, and powers it likes it. I, there's. And there's something else. I'm trying to I'm trying to put my finger on it. Um, well, Sawyer put his finger in it, so the, I this did. is this is true. <laughs> yeah, medium full mouthfeel. Uh, Got that kind of real medium medium carbonation level. I'd say. Here's something else, and I just I just figured out what it was. Okay. The difference between uh, malt bitterness. And hop bitterness. There's a, there's a very, a very defining taste between the two. Okay, I'm getting malt bitterness, but it also finishes extremely dry, and I'm picking up some hop bitterness at the end. Okay, is anybody else picking that up? No, not not bitterness at the end. Well, not from hops anyway. Right. Uh, well, no. I mean, I'm not really getting any better. I'm getting a like a grassy, woody, dirty finish. That's that reminds me of hop, like a grassy knoll, perhaps. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure. I picked that up. Like it's it's definitely a dirty hop, an earthy hop, which would make sense in the style. But I'm that I'm. It's very prevalent for me. I mean, I get. 
very back end i can i can almost like catch what you're saying on like the very aftertaste because there's a difference between Ooh. hop bitterness astringency and malt grain bitterness astringency yeah usually hop astringency is a negative but grain astringency in a stout like this is perfectly acceptable right but i'm getting a grassy dirty hop character on the tongue in the finish and it 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 took me a second to figure out what it was but as soon as i i was thinking hops it hit me like a ton of bricks that's exactly what it tastes like to me medium to high bitterness moderate to no hop flavor can be earthy herbal or floral so yeah that's that's fine think about the mouthfeel that you have when you're drinking raincourt that's the same thing that i'm feeling right now is that bitterness okay yeah saying it like that actually makes a lot more sense to me yeah like that's a hot bitterness because raincourt doesn't have a whole lot i mean it's got enough malt to balance it but yes it's a lot of crystal malt right there's maybe like 0.12 0.12 yes of some kind of chocolate malt in there just to darken it up but right. this is a lot of dark grains which is why I was surprised to get such a strong hop bitterness profile mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's bad yeah it's just not what I expect out of a stout untapped lists the IBUs at 47 for this one which um, is nothing to, to sneeze at it's it, moderate yeah, yeah. But you would think with all the dark grains that they're using, it, would, it wouldn't it would be as, as noticeable. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just no, it's, grasping. I mean, it's it's there when you say it. When you compare it to Rancor, like when you when you talk about that, it, I can see what you're talking about then. I, I guess I just didn't quite understand what you were really saying. So, that's, that's the only reason I was kind of doubting it. But I can get it. Because for me, and, and Travis, I'd be interested to see what you how you perceive the two malt astringency for me is like on the sides of my mouth. Like I can feel it in my cheek and on the side of the tongue, a hop astringency like coats my tongue. Okay. And it feels different. So you, you kind of related to mosaic hops then, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well, like, cause I, you always complain about those. Well, I mean, for me, that's, that's a flavor thing for the mosaic. Well, but, no, but like mosaic does the same exact thing that you just described. Well, all hops have the same, you know, I think it's more of an oil thing because of the hops. You're talking about the lupulin. That's a, an, an oil, like a chemical compound that oil. makes the bitterness. Yeah. At right. 85 IPUs. With grain, it's a roast, like actual kilning that creates the bitterness. Yeah, it's like the burnt acrid. Yeah, and, and that, it's like when you drink a really, really strong black coffee. Okay. It's like on the side of the mouth, like it, it makes you kind of go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the like, hot bitterness like coats my tongue like an oil. Which this style can have a lightly burnt character. That's right. okay. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, you know, I, I was just, you know, wondering. Yeah. So. But I'm definitely getting a hop presence on this one. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It's light. It's not. It's certainly not forefront, but it's there. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, exactly. I, I like the beer. I oh, think yeah, it's fantastic. No. Yeah. yeah, I it's like just this beer. Not. It's just not quite what I expected. Yeah. Cool. Word. Poundability. Well, I'm assuming that we're going to say BJCP is high on this one. Yeah, this one's probably 42. Yeah, I was going to say 42, 43. So yeah. Cool. 
poundability in this one it's it's thicker than the last one but also at the same time smoother so yeah uh i'm gonna say it's it's a five because the last one i put it a four and yeah I'm, i'm gonna go up on this one i think i could pound this one better than i could the extra stout i'm gonna stay at four but for different reasons that makes sense too See, and to me, this one seems like it has more flavor to it. I'm going to say five. I was at a six for the first one. So you're going down. I'm going down one. Chris, staying the same. I'm going up. I'm going up, too. I'm going up to (laughs) (laughs) 5.5. Moving on up. up. I'm going to say this is a a five. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to give this a full point on the extra stout. I like it. So... Uh, what I was going to say is the best investment we've ever made on this podcast was the drop board. Just saying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, so uh, let's take the same beer, but let's travel into the past. Ooh. The year 2000. I'll be right back. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to... Um, I don't. I guess we're not really going back in time, but anyway, <laughs> this is the 200th anniversary export stout Can made we... by you guessed it, Guinness. Yay! <laughs> it's like Guinness is the My only. Company. <laughs> I was gonna say um, think back, but that's a good one too. It's it's like it's like Guinness is the only flipping company that makes extra stout in this country. Well, you know they kind of cornered the market on stouts, so I yeah. think they're. They're going all out here. I have a question about Guinness. Uh, has anyone tried their blonde yet? Yes. No. Is it good? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a blonde. Like, what What do you expect? Well, okay. Well, I know that it's not a blonde, but the, the raw blonde is pretty good. Yeah, but it's a blonde. No, it's so, not. It's a, it's a Hellas. No, what I'm saying the Guinness one, it's a blonde. Oh, it, it's a like real it's, blonde. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I haven't researched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not sure where you're getting your statistics. Hey, I have a question. Where's my beer? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent question. Excellent question. Anyway, moving on. So, um, the it's called the champagne of beer. <clears throat> so the two bottles are identical, as in they're put in the, in the same bottle as the foreign extra shot that we just drank. Okay. Um, so, which is obviously we had the the larger bottle for the the extra stout over there. Yeah. Um, but the label on the foreign extra stout says established 1759. So that's the brewery. This is the 200th anniversary. So you would think 1959. But I have a feeling that this is not that beer. Because on the label, it says 200 years in America. Okay. So there's there's some kind of qualifier there. They started um, exporting at a certain point? I guess. To America. Uh, it still says uh, the Open Gate Brewery, St. James's Gate, Dublin. This year marks the 200th anniversary of the first Guinness export... From Ireland to the U.S. To okay. commemorate this momentous occasion, we brewed this beer inspired by entries from our 1817 brewing logs 
1817, Guinness was using black patent malt to give its stouts their deep, dark black color. This new brew is complex and smooth with balance of roast and sweet chocolate. Okay. Um, so did they? I guess they didn't use black patent in their extra stout. It doesn't sound like it. Um, back in the day, 200 years ago. Anyway, so um, the 200th oh. anniversary export stout Need to get more says, beer. even on the front label, says brewed with black patent malt. So that's kind of what they're going for with this one. Uh, and it rings in at 6%. The only reason I ask about the government warning is, remember the Mexican beer that we had that had the pictures on it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, uh, with the pregnant lady with the slash <laughs> through it. Mm-hmm. That was funny. All right. <laughs> I know. Cool story, bro. <laughs> anyway, so um, and, uh, I don't really know the difference between thank you for that. this and the foreign extra stout, except for that they're mentioning specifically black patent. Yes. Foreign extra stout was 7.5. This one's 6. There's a difference there. Right. But I meant like in the grain bill, the recipe itself. Um, I, I don't know what malts they used for the regular one but they've made it a point on the front and the black black it's black right. the front and the back label to mention the black patent malt where's the bottle so there there we go <laughs> now as home brewers Travis what do we know about black patent it's like pure black burnt bitterness yeah basically so you don't add much just a yeah just a that. tiny bit goes uh-huh. a long way less okay. is more when it comes to black patent Appearance here, I actually could see a little tiny bit yeah. of rubiness. Yeah. Yes. This looks very similar to the extra you do? stout, uh-huh. not the foreign. Yeah. Move hold it up gl- to hold up to move the your glass around. Look on the edges. The foreign was I opaque. I don't see that. This is this looks almost identical to the extra stout that we had before. It's just a, yeah, like those highlights Sawyer are just on like the edges. Edges. Wait, let me put my glasses on. <clears throat> Is I had the, to, I had the to opposite take, of taking them off. Well, I had to take them off to get deeper into the beer, but you know, this is going to sound strange. Um, I in the aroma, I get the the roasted notes, but it smells more like beer. Oh, oh. I see it now. Okay, you said it smells more like beer. More like beer. Let's yeah. talk about. Can that. you describe that for me? Well, it's just paint uh, me a word picture. Uh, however. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's your word picture. <laughs> Thank you. I I I I, I get it. I was going to say else? I get it. I get some chocolate notes oh in, God, in the aroma. Drunk. Yeah, I get I get that chocolate too. Uh, <laughs> the dark fruit that we found in the first example, I don't find in this one. No. So that's a pretty big yeah. difference between number one and number three. You know what's really strange? the bottle is the foreign extra stout mentions dried fruits but we didn't get any of but it. it's yeah maybe it was mislabeled what no, hey i highly doubt it machines can be human too machine <laughs> what i'm about that, to turn your mic off so really <laughs> yeah why <laughs> we're getting radio gold <sighs> with our tens of listeners it is a lot smoother yeah, and chocolatier than mm-hmm. the foreign extra stout. I would say it's closer to the extra. 
I feel like this is a lot like Mickey's. Jeez. No, and the fact that you can drink a lot of it because it's so smooth. Right. Okay. <laughs> so for me, this one's closer to the extra stout, not the foreign. This is a sipping beer. But they call this one the export stout. Yes. Uh, not the extra stout. But remember, the style does say that this beer can be called an export stout. Right. And it's fine. Yes, this is kind of like a happy step between the foreign and the extra stout. Mm-hmm. Are you picking up the black patent? Well, I mean, it, the foreign extra stout had black patent in it because it had the pretty harsh bitterness and burnt notes. Mm-hmm. I'm not really getting as many burnt notes in this one as compared to the foreign extra stout. So I think both of them have black patent. You know the way that they talked it up, though you'd think that there'd be a lot more. It's based on the smoothness and how well rounded it is. Yeah, there's there's not a lot not going on here. No, it's, it's borderline milk stout for me. Yeah, like it's pretty uh, sweet. Yes, but I like its simplicity. What? You're slurring real bad. But I slurred. <laughs> Simplicity. Is that our ten dollar word for the day? Um, I slurred. Slim- oh, yeah. Dang no, it! But I, I get what you're saying, Sawyer, and I agree. It, it is. You. It is simple. Um, it but it's it, it it's smooth and it tastes good. Well, yeah. That well, again, simplicity. I'm getting roast character and a nice kind of at least medium full mouthfeel and not much else. Mm-hmm. Get chocolate flavor. But it is just like no bitterness at all. I'm not really getting any bitterness. Surprisingly drinkable. Yes. Yeah. Compared to the other two we've had today. You know what this reminds me of? Hackershore. Does no. It remind you of the young double chocolate stout. Yeah, so I'm I'm drinking out of my <laughs> I'm drinking out of my stout glass, my young's double chocolate stout young glass. Young beer. And it it like I said, it reminds this beer reminds me of a, a milk stout. Because of how smooth and I wouldn't say it's overly sweet, but it's it's borderline. Um, but it reminds me of the young double chocolate with a little bit less chocolate character. I, when I think stout, this would be perfect. Just plain stout, not like you know, extra stout or milk stout, sweet stout, uh, tropical stout. Just this is a very drinkable not stout. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, this is this might be my favorite of the day so yeah, far. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, me I, too. Yeah, this is this is the closest to what I think a stout, a plain, good old fashioned. Well, it's the two hundredth anniversary. I guess it is old fashioned, um, right? Because they said that they they pulled this recipe from their uh, their eighteen seventeen brewing logs. Dang, so that's old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Which means this was made in 2017. Word. <laughs> All right. Well, I like it. I, I really do. So, what's your poundability <laughs> rating on this one, huh? <laughs> I'm willing to go to six on this. Uh, maybe even higher. Oh, I'd say like five, <laughs> maybe five and a half. I'm gonna agree with Powers on this one. This is a six. I'll go six. It's still yeah. a stout. Oh no, 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 no! Back up. I'm gonna say six and a half because we can't have six, six, six. Yeah. All so right. Yeah, six, six, five, six. 
Well, no, because I wasn't a six. All right, well, Four. I'm going to drink this, and it's going to enter <laughs> six, my six, five, six, six, area. Yeah. I, I think it was great. Um, yes. BJCP. Entered in which category? See, that's that's what I was about to ask, too. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would do well in extra stout. Yeah, this is a Actually, good. you know, it, it might do better in the Irish extra stout than the foreign. Yeah. I don't think I I'd put it in milk stout because it's not sweet enough. But Irish, maybe so. Yeah, and it, it, it lacks the uh, the lightly burnt notes that you'd expect from a foreign extra stout. It's not mm-hmm. quite big enough to really contend in that category, so I wouldn't put it as a foreign extra stout. It, probably the, uh, the Irish extra stout would be the way to go in this one. Or maybe um, even dry stout. That might be pushing a little bit, though. But I, I'd be more yeah. apt to put it in dry stout than I would sweet stout. Yeah. I'd say. I wouldn't go American. Because American no. stout has more hops than this. Yeah. Yeah. Good beer. I like it a lot. This yeah. is really good. I, I've never had this one before, and it's I'm, tremendous. I'm pleasantly surprised. I would I would consider picking this up again. And yeah. This is the best beer. Buying it again. Yeah. We all agree. Here's to 200 more years. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Cheers. What's next? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because for the first time this episode, we are going to be drinking something that was not made by Guinness. What? I know. You know, that can reminds me of a, like a miniature golf course for I, some reason. I guess like the main event neon blacklight miniature golf course. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. All right. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting take on the can. But uh, this one comes from Oasis Texas Brewing Company out in, I believe, Austin, Texas, right? Sample's yeah. going to kill it. Yep. <laughs> yes, he is. This is the Oasis Foreign Extra Stout. And yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting can. It has a lot of, well, it has some nautical sea creature elements with tentacles. Feel that can. It's a regular can. <laughs> It is not a regular can. It is labeled. It was, and it's even like, it's not even fully labeled. Like you can see, like the label starts. You can peel it off. You can peel it off mm-hmm. here and it doesn't go all the way to the <laughs> lip of it. It's it's awful. It's but, not a 360 can either. No, it's not. So what we have here Those is. Those haven't caught on like I thought they would. No. <laughs> I, they're kind of Have pointless. you ever like just, I, normally we'll open up and pour out of it. Have you drank out of one of those? No. They're it's dumb. awkward. Yeah. Because it gets all over your face. Yeah, it's really awkward. Because the you know the the hole in the top of a regular can once you open it up. <laughs> Thank you, right. Sawyer. It's it's kind of like a, a little mini funnel because it takes the beer and it funnels it to your mouth hole. <laughs> your mouth hole, and then it goes into your esophagus area. Yeah, but the three sixty can there's no funnel, so it like. And it's, it just doesn't work very well. Uh-huh. Can we think back on that? Think back. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. I'm I was expecting lie. to be like. <coughs> <coughs> That's what it turns out to be. Anyway, go ahead, Powers. Yeah, it, th- this is an interesting label just oh. because it's got a lot of tentacles, which is an interesting motif. Tentacles? There are tentacles. Yes. Tentacles. Yes. Are you sure there aren't? Nine tickles? No, they are they are tentacles. <laughs> what about no, never mind, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Oasis. I didn't know that they made this version of their beer. No, I didn't <laughs> either. 
I had to drive to the colony to get this. You drove uh, to you know Courtney used to live in the colony. It is yeah. This is jet by, black. Yeah, by far the darkest we've seen today. Well, you Can't know, I, black. I think it would be similar to um the foreign the Guinness foreign extra stout was jet black. It was because the the regular um Regula. extra stout and the two hundredth we both got um some highlights. Some ruby highlights, but the foreign extra I didn't get any highlights. Yeah. yeah dilly dilly people. Dilly dilly. Oh, it's I got the tan head. Should also mention brown. Eight point two percent alcohol by volume. Whoa. Seventy so, IBU. I'm sorry, can you repeat the A B V one more time, please? Uh, that would be eight point two percent. And it rings in at a mild sixteen point nine percent. Oh my, my god. god. Keep in mind What that, in the hell is that? <laughs> keep in mind that that one is was twice as strong as this one. Now, but, Powers, uh, I have a question for you. Yes? Why are you trying to kill me? Um, well, it's Sawyer. Not, it's not even that... Anyway. I'm but sorry. it is the highest we've seen today. It is the highest we've, we've had today. Yes. And also, I, the highest IBU. Ooh. Yes. Aroma IBU. is very different from the other ones. Whoa. I'm getting... Oh, That's interesting. This is more like an Imperial Stout. That's what I thought, too. First thing when I smelled it, this is a Russian Imperial Stout yeah. aroma. Milk uh, chocolate, oh. strong malt, rich, rich coffee. Yeah, okay. this. I, I if you handed me this, I would say this is a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. Before we drink this, I do. I really do have a serious question. Oasis, is it owned by uh, the Oasis Restaurant? Is yeah. it rustic in Austin? I don't know. There's also a the Oasis Restaurant on Lake Texoma. There's also one on Jopal Lake. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm actually really yeah, curious I, I about that. This conversation's come up before in this podcast when Has Fredo it? was sitting here and y'all talked about the Lake Texoma thing. Oh. Last time we had this. Because the other one in Austin is on Lake Travis. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Maybe we should actually look that up because we've asked the question gonna, I'll multiple it. times now, actually. Anyway, um, yeah, this is... This is very rich, very... And this is also the darkest head that we've had tonight. Yes. This is... I'm sorry, what? Dark tan, brown head, which this looks, in the the glass, between the beer and the head, this looks like a Russian Imperial Stout. Absolutely. It smells like a Russian Imperial Stout. Mm -hmm. Getting a slight dark fruit... On that aroma, slight, not 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 anywhere near as strong as that chocolate maltiness, but definitely, definitely there, kind of on the side. And it takes like a Russian imperial stout. <laughs> <sighs> oh goodness, that is that is warm. Yeah. Now I, we should also say that. The the ABV for this style, dang it, I hit the wrong thing. The ABV for this style, which style? For an extra stout or yeah. Russian Imperial stout? No, for an extra was was what, like mid fives. <laughs> for an extra was a little higher. Uh, I think that one was. It's like five to six, something like that. No, I think this one was one that was like six. Six point three to eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. For an extra stout. Uh, well, Imperial is 8 to 12. Okay. And this one was... 
So this is uh, within the ABV guidelines for Imperial Stout. Yes. Yeah. And just on the just slightly out of the foreign extra stout on the upper range. What was the IBUs for foreign extra? Thirty to forty. No, wait, that's just from uh, fifty to seventy. Okay, so IBUs. this is right in there. Fifty to seventy. Mm-hmm. Imperial stout is fifty to ninety, and this one is seventy. Yeah. So that way it could fit in either. This is one, yeah, you could enter this as either category. Um, <laughs> SRM 83. Uh, I, SRM is 30 to 40 for foreign extra. So Imperial is far darker. also 30 to 40, which I what? don't understand. Yeah. Hmm. It says Imperial, SRM 30 to 40. Okay, I've learned some new information. Okay. <laughs> I do think that they're owned by the same company. The restaurants or the brewery? Both. Both. Like together. Like all three restaurants? Yeah. It's a chain. <clears throat> yeah, because the Oasis Brewing Company is located on Lake Travis. But Just what like about, the Oasis restaurant. Yeah, but what about the Joe Pool and the Lake Texoma Oasis? I haven't gotten that far yet. There's a lot of digging left to be done. Well, that's interesting. Well, there's a Taco Bell and a Taco Casa on the same street by my house. I don't think they're owned by the same place. Yeah, there's the two up there on Cooper, too. On Cupper? I mean, that way. (laughs) Anyway. um, I should probably drink. Flavor is still, or should you? Um, It's it's roasty. It is full, full bodied. Full bodied. I think this is beyond the range of chocolate and extra stout. I think this is this This is a a a mild um, Russian. I don't even know if I'd say mild. It's I'd say it's a a good drinkable example of a Russian. I get salt. (laughs) I'm serious. I really do. Like it's it's kind of got a salty finish to it. Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> Hello? Okay. Maybe that's I, just me. I, I, don't, I don't get any Like, salt. taste it and then lick your lips. Are you sweaty? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel great. I'm just saying, like, that's where I get it. Okay, tasted? Salt in the in the front. Licked my... No, I chocolate know, in the back. Salt. Really? Sorry, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Sawyer. I'd love to back you up on that one, but I'm not. Well, at least you can't tell me that I'm wrong. So I can't tell you it's wrong. I'm saying I can't back you up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you indulging Well, in me. the taste, I get malt. Well, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Very malty. <laughs> this is rich. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's a good beer. I disagree with the labeling, but I like what's in my glass. It kind of reminds me yeah. of just a straight black coffee. It does have some coffee notes. I mean, with the I bitterness, it, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bitterness going on too. So. I think the the chocolate note kind of comes through very strong and gives it that sweet overtone. I think this has a little bit more of that malt astringency that you were talking about earlier, like mm. just a little bit. It's also that hot bitterness and more of that malt bitterness. I don't think it's as astringent as some of the Guinness ones we've had. No, 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 but. I, I think I'm I'm understanding more of what you were talking about in that whole conversation yeah. we had earlier. About malt versus hop. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Roasted hop flavor. Because I'm not I'm not getting a lot of hop <laughs> no. flavor off of this, which is funny on a seventy IBU beer. You know? Well, bitterness and hop flavor are two different things. Okay, that makes sense then. Uh because if you remember back to your, your brew day. Right. Early editions were bitterness. Yes. Late editions were flavor and aroma. Okay. So you can have a higher bitterness level without getting any hop flavor character. Makes sense. 
I think a lot of the bitterness from this comes from the malt then. There's not a lot of hop at all. Well, it is also the highest IBU beer that we've had today. So it could be both. Um, but with the high malt character and the strong flavors we're getting, like the chocolate and the coffee and the roast, then the hop bitterness would help to balance that out a little bit. So I, this beer is fantastic. I like it a lot. For as for as um, rich as it is, it has a surprisingly kind of dry finish to it, I think. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. It's yeah. relatively dry. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's as dry as the the Guinness Foreign Extra. No. But it's But it's just... it's still relatively dry. Mm-hmm. It's not like a sweet stout or milk stout that finishes yeah. not dry. It, it doesn't really finish wet. That's not really the right term for <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> I don't know really what to say that but uh, yeah. Th- those were not those will not be as dry for sure. Wet, it's moist, it's <laughs> So, Travis. Sawyer, you are a drop machine. <laughs> Man, you know, I like to produce those drops. <laughs> I think that this is a little too thick for me. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, my God. I have way too many drunk drops. <laughs> well, Sawyer, as, as fun we've happens. discussed. As we've discussed. So, you discussed? So, Travis. Um, <laughs> Powers, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Okay. Cheers to that. If not entered as the export stout. Would you feel comfortable entering it as Imperial, as a Russian Imperial? Sure. Yeah, it it hits all the check boxes. I mean, it's not the biggest uh, guy on the block. You know, not to be big, a safe entry. Yeah it it has the appearance, the flavor, the presence, which is um, that's the biggest thing because I I judged uh, Imperial Stout last year for Blue Bonnet, mm-hmm. and there were definitely entries where you saw. It had the presence, the real rich fullness, the chewiness that you expect from a Russian Imperial Stout. And then there are other ones that were just, you know, it, it was a nice dark stout and, and had some... i pretty sure that I entered my Imperial Stout last year. Um, and it, it didn't <laughs> place. Yeah. It had hit its peak well before Blue Bonnet. Yeah. Uh, I would feel comfortable yeah. entering this as a... Yeah, Imperial Stout. Yeah, this, this is a great Imperial Stout. It's roasty, it's rich, it's chocolatey, it's punchy. It's too much for a foreign. If it was entered as yeah. a 16D, then it would. you'd have to ding it. So as a foreign, I would put it low 30s. Mm-hmm. As an Imperial, I'd say high, high 30s, 30s easily. if not a 40. Hmm. You know what Russian Imperial Stout I'd like to try? What's that? The one out of Tampa. The one with the, the uh, Krispy from, Kreme donuts. Oh, yeah. You've... From Sakar City? <laughs> no. <laughs> man. Well, I have his number. I could text him. He's in South Dakota. <laughs> hey, Sakar, could you send us some donuts? <laughs> hey. From South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so poundability on this one. Low, this is going to be lower. One. I'm going to say yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to Kind of a little bit. Um, uno, eins. One. I'll go two. Just because pounding toothpaste is a one. And so I'm, <laughs> as we learned last week. How do you two. pound toothpaste? 
Well, Sawyer, would you like me to show you? I mean, you can show me. I'm not going to try it. <laughs> Listen to the very end of last week's episode, Mead 3.0, to understand that reference. Yes. So, I'm going to put this at a two. I'm going to go with Travis here. Two. It is not quite one pound ability, but it's also just, it would be awful to pound. This would be the perfect opportunity to use my sipping beer drop, Travis, but you haven't yet, so I'm just going to say, this is a sipping beer. Oh, it was a live drop. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, a live drop. I wasn't that drunk, though, as I was in the drop. Hmm. Pretty sure we were drinking my barley wine for that one. That's why I was so angry, because you yeah. were talking about pounding it. <laughs> but it's so like thick and creamy that I don't know that I could <laughs> pound it. <laughs> As well, <laughs> that works too. Yeah. All right. So it is soft. This is good. We have a couple more like uh, that are a little more off the wall, I guess. What's next? Ooh. Well, let's, let's venture Sawyer. off the wall. Let's venture Michael out. Jackson album from nineteen. 19- well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, you asked. I'm glad you asked. Uh, Sawyer, you. you asked. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I like to ask my own questions if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next up we're gonna go kind of off the, the grid here a little bit uh, with the fur slipper uh, from hop fusion ale works it's finally in a can uh, and, and this is not a foreign export no or an extra stout neither okay it's a stout it's actually a milk st- it's an imperial milk stout oh yes on the can magnum. <clears throat> yes magnum uh, on the can, it says 8.63% alcohol by volume. All right. So a little higher than last one. Brewed with honey graham crackers. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let me start that over. Brewed with honey graham crackers. Silky smooth with notes of roasted hazelnut. I'm really slurring. <laughs> Dark chocolate and toffee. <laughs> Our first slipper is a fusion. <laughs> Well, it's been a great time <laughs> of the traditional milk stout with the rich tones of a Russian imperial. Oh, oh yeah, we got a ton of good comments about oh. our beer. <laughs> <laughs> and on the can, it also says, Tap Room, open six days a week, 12 fluid ounces, and it is an ale from Fort Worth, Texas. And no, it is not a real can. See, when you say honey graham cracker, I always think like the Teddy Grahams. Oh, so yeah. Do you think they just tossed in the little honey graham? <laughs> <laughs> no, the little bears in there. No, don't oh, put me in the board. No, no, not the board. <laughs> Which reminds me, have you seen that YouTube video of the uh, the gummy bear? I'm just a gummy bear. Oh, and yeah. Like, <laughs> and gets, then the... Uh, gets caught in a bear trap. The bear trap. Yeah. I'm a gummy bear. I'm a gummy bear. Gummy bear. <laughs> have you not seen that powers yeah i have okay the way you reenacted it it's hilarious anyway so moving on to first slipper yeah so the can <laughs> is like purplish yeah it's got multiple shades of purple with black lettering and white outline and it says imperial milk stout on the front it is opaque okay. it is black as night a very uh creamy <laughs> Very creamy tan head. Yeah, this is opaque. Dark brown to black. I wouldn't nice even say brown. Head. It's just straight up black. 
Yeah. What do you get in the aroma? Oh, the aroma in this goodness. one is is different than the other ones. Yeah, much very sweet. Which I've said a few times today, but it, it still is true. I'm yeah. getting that Graham. I I'm, get I'm getting that. I get oatmeal. I can agree. Uh, it, yeah, very sweet. This is definitely a milk stout. Maybe even almonds. I'm eating oats. See, I I get the uh, the roasty notes big time. It's like the burnt. Uh, the the slightly burnt, burnt notes. Of, I don't get uh, burnt. You get burnt. That's not a real country. Yeah, like a, a little burnt. I mean, it's not in a bad way, but it's the the slightly burnt notes that you get from black patent or. This smells kind of like s'mores to me because I'm getting the like S'more the graham way. cracker and oh, the chocolate. No. Yes, and no, I'm getting the graham for sure, and I'm I'm also getting the chocolate. Yes. Do you know what I'm also getting? I mean, and you have to be drunk to get this. Chips? <laughs> not chips. Potato no. chips? Not potato chips. What about biscuits? No, not biscuits. Oh. Strangely enough, I get potatoes. Whoa! No, not potatoes. I get Coors Light. What? <laughs> please, please leave that silence in. <laughs> no, I'm really... I'll make it I'm, even longer. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like, it... It has that tinge on the nostrils, that stinging. <laughs> okay, now, Sawyer, I'm only going to say this because earlier I said it smells more like beer than the other ones do. Yes. And no one else understood it. I, I kind of get where you're going with that. Yeah. Like, this smells but like cheap champagne no, and beers. I don't taste, or I mean, I, I don't smell that in this one. Are you oh. trying to get him to use the drop again? It's called the champagne of beers! <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I don't know. It, I, yes, I know you don't smell it on this one. That's okay. But I, now that I smell this, I understand what you're saying about the other one. On this, all I get is roast, some some crackery, you know, honey note maybe. It, now that I... If you hadn't have said graham cracker, honey graham, I wouldn't have noticed it. But now that you do, I'm my, that's where kind of where my mind's at. But I get chocolate and that, and and coffee notes, and that's really it. Yeah, see, I get the after smell of Coors Light, and believe me, I'm an after expert at smelling after smell. That's I, the first time in the last two and a half years that someone has said the word after smell. I, believe me, I'm an after my sabbatical of drinking. My I'm an expert at smelling. Expert at smelling that black after vagina. smell. After smell. That's <laughs> that a like thing. after shave. You yeah. have the after smell to put on your after shave. Yes. And then okay. That's a thing. <laughs> I do get a fair bit of like milky sweetness. Yes. I am, do get that too. It, it it does say it's an imperial milk stout, and after the finish, then you do get some of the like the sweet like lactose. Elements, but is it lactose? Yeah, for sure. I, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a milk. If that's it's a milk, milk sugar, or is it milk? Can I use that's real milk? Sa- milk, milk, Lac- lactose <laughs> milk? is lactose is milk sugar. Yeah. No, I mean like actual milk. Well, that's lactate, and I don't, <laughs> like, can they use that? I have a teat <laughs> for the same reason, for the same purpose. No, it's a real question. I mean, seriously, and we've answered it. I didn't hear it. Lactose. Yes, you keep that's milk. It's milk sugar. That's milk sugar. That's what it sugar. is. Yeah. I don't care about milk sugar. I care about milk. 
That's a great drop. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I mean, those are two different things. Okay. She's got huge mugs. I got some big jugs. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. This is going to be a great drop episode. I can just oh, tell geez. already. Can we move yeah. on? Um, we've we've kind of talked this one. To All right. Well, well, by how, the way, how this does this compare to the foreign extra stout? I guess that would be the next direct comparison. It is. This is hands down a milk stout. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, oh, the yeah. last one we were kind of like, it's more along the lines of an imperial. It's a little sweeter. I don't know that I'd call it a milk stout. It's closer to this one. Is like no, it's a milk stout. This one's very full bodied, very creamy. Creamy, like the finish is definitely anti dry, sweet. Um, yes. Yes. Chocolatey, roasty. It doesn't have the uh, the English elements of like the earthy or no. herbal notes that we saw on some of the other ones. No, this no. is you know very very frankly an American yes know, style, an American milk stout mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, now, BJCP writing it as a milk stout, you know, you can. I guess you can uh, claim imperial. Yeah, claim the strength. Yeah. Well, it doesn't claim. It does cl- but, claim it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were to enter it, you could enter it as an imperial mixed out, and I think it would do very well. Could sure. you not? Well, okay. So there's not there's not two separate entities. There's no. not just imperial, and then there's not just milk stout. There's, there's Russian imperial, but then there's milk stout, dry stout, Irish stout, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's imperial milk stout as a category. No, that's what you just said. No, I said you could claim imperial. You can well, claim a strength when you enter a beer, no matter what the style. So I could I could enter my my what, blonde oh, as an imperial blonde. Technically, yes, <laughs> you you could. Would you win? Probably. No. I'm just no. I'm just saying you could. I don't know. You can claim imperial. <laughs> anyway, but, but moving why, on. But if, would, if this were to be. What? Why would you claim imperial if you can't really claim imperial? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like, where's the fine line? Yeah. Well, there there are some uh, some categories that you do need to claim the strength. Like, for example, last episode on the mead, yeah, you had to claim whether it was standard or sack strength or uh, there's three of them. Crap, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I was like, ones. Blah, blah, blah. but you do have to <laughs> you have to claim that. <laughs> And then you need to claim some other things like a petalant or still or So it just depends on the style. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense now. Okay. But when when you're entering a stout, I mean, that's one of the categories where Imperial is pretty common. So Well would when you, you call enter, it Imperial or would you call it Russian? The, well, it, Russian it, implies a very specific style of Imperial Stout. Right. So You would no, claim Imperial. I would I would enter this as a milk stout and claim imperial. I feel like there's a gray area, but that's okay. Okay. There's always uh whenever you enter a beer into some category of some contest somewhere, mm-hmm. there's always a spot for notes because people will claim special ingredients like this is a um this is a blonde with tart cherry. Mm. They have to leave a space for you to claim special ingredients. You're still entering it as a blonde, but you're claiming the tart cherry. Oh, those are some okay. big old cherries. Okay, okay. okay so the, there's so always the right, and so you would enter this as a milk stout and claim 
imperial strength. Okay. Because okay. You're, that's going to change the profile of the beer slightly. I got you. If you have a regular milk stout, it's not going to taste like this. This is roastier and stronger mm-hmm. and more full-bodied than you would expect out of a regular sweet stout. Okay. Okay. And that also changes the perception of the judges, too, going into it. They, they're expecting the bigger body, the bigger profile, higher more, alcohol. So if they do roast. get some warmth, it's like, well... They they claimed imperial, so that's expected. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that makes more sense now. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate it. No, I, seriously, I'm like really. I, I was confused. It, I mean, you're right. There is kind of a fine line on, which is why and you're whenever, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> which is why whenever we were taking the class, James made a very specific point to say, enter the beer that you have, the beer that you ended up brewing, not the beer you intended to brew. Hmm. Because if if I intended to brew an imperial milk stout, and it doesn't have any imperial quality, then it sucks. Then if I claim it as if I enter it as a milk stout and claim imperial, and you can't pick up those qualities that would qualify it as imperial, then it's mm-hmm. not going to do well. But if you just enter it as a milk stout, it could do very well. Who knows? Yeah, depends on the judges. I see what you're saying. Okay, All right. so you have to be very. Half of the battle, I think, is entering your beer correctly. I got you. Cool. Thank so, you. So, yes, I would enter this as an Imperial Milk Stout. <laughs> I appreciate Which it. Which is exactly what they have yeah. on the can. I, I think I think uh, Macy hit it right on the head with this one. Yeah, because he's in charge of the dark beers, right? I don't know. One of them is. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well, he's like, the owner. so it's- No, there's two owners. Yeah, Matt and Macy. Yeah. yeah. This one's good. <laughs> I love What's this your poundability beer? rating Thanks, on powers. this one? Huh? <laughs> I'm going to say mean, three on this one for me. Two? Mm, I think I can go three. I'm going to go 2.5. I like stouts. 2.5. All right. Fantastic beer. Yes. So good. Now we have another one. Oh, boy. Oh, God. All right, so considering our category for the day is foreign extra stout, well, I picked up something that's a little, probably a bit more foreign than you guys would be expecting from this style. So I would like to introduce you all As you to... you open up the brown paper bag. Oh, no. There are definitely some bad hombres here today. <laughs> the Ballast Point Brewing Company. That's not foreign. Indra Kunindra Limited Style India limited release India style export stout. I thought I was going to say stale ale. Brewed in München. Stout. <laughs> Bless you. Stout with Madras curry, cumin, cayenne, coconut, and kaffir lime. This is a curry stout. With cumin? Yes, with cumin. Hold on, where's the Mariani drop? <laughs> Salt, lime, onion powder, celery powder, clam powder, salsa picante. And natural lemon, natural chile. Lemon or lime? It says limon. So lime. Lemon. Oh, it is lemon. Yeah. (laughs) Carrot extract. (laughs) And that's it. Yep. All right. That's it. So, how much is in this beer? (laughs) So, while this might not be a foreign beer, it is certainly brewed with foreign elements, uh, specifically Indian. Inspired elements. So, so th- 
I mean, it's not India Pale Ale. It's an India Stout. It's an India Stout. It is a limited release India style export stout. All right. Is there Goldschlager in this? No. That's not you from could India. only wish. So Indra Kunindra so is by all like honest definitions of what an export stout. This is an a true export stout. Yes, exactly. Except it's made in the US. It Well Because it yes. doesn't have Goldschlager. Well the unless they sent it somewhere else and then it came back. Did they did they send it to India? All right, <laughs> what? No, I'm, I'm, I I'm sure. So. I'm sure they've sent a bottle or two. To Will you India. pour it? I'm ready to drink. All right, cool. So, I've been to bars before where a shiner is an import, so I guess <laughs> you can have this as an export. <laughs> and you know it's true. You true. know it's true. Yeah, it's true. Because we got no, domestics, they wanna, and then they want to charge you the imports. We got, we got shiner buck. I've still got what bars left. have you been to that shiner is an import? Uh, most of them. Yeah. It's considered it's one's brewed in Shiner. I know, but it's considered a premium, which means you're going to pay more for it than you would Bud Light, Miller Lite. But an Light. import? That's what they call it, so that they can charge more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're better off just getting Goldschlager. Why are you stuck on Goldschlager? I don't know. It's fun to say. Nothing has been okay. Goldschlager. All right, guys. Powers continue. So, Log. Indra Kunindra is a burst of Madras curry. Cumin, cayenne, coconut, and kefir lime leaf. Enjoy. Our India-style export stout is a unique collaboration with award-winning home brewer Alex Tweet. I already feel it coming. (laughs) Oh, my God, that aroma. Released in limited quantities, this explosion of South Asian flavors (laughs) is reason enough to kneel down and thank the heavens. And further proof of San Diego's status... (laughs) Further proof of San Diego's status is a brewer's playground and a beer lover's utopia. This one rings in at 7.0% alcohol by volume. And it has an octopus on the cover. More tentacles. But What is the style of just, this beer again? This is export stout. This is actually, according to the comments on Foreign Extra Stout, this would be a foreign extra stout. That's the, but that's what it says on the bottle. But with it says all export the, stout, yes. Yeah, but with oh. all the other ingredients. So that goes back to our conversation we were having earlier. You would claim export stout and then, or enter it as export stout and then claim all the extra ingredients. Right. Yeah, you should yeah. smell this beer. <laughs> oh, I have. I just get cinnamon. Cinnamon? Just cinnamon? Because I get a lot of cayenne. I get... I get a lot of cayenne, too. Ooh, he... Like the portion, cinnamon. I just get cinnamon. Oh, that is that that is some curry there too. Ooh. I don't know that I can drink this. <laughs> I have a feeling this is getting me heartburn later. Probably, yes. yeah. And I'm going to chicken eat after this. Yep. So wow, yeah, the aroma it just it smells like Central Market. Yeah, you I walk know. in there and it's just all the spices the, that hit you. Central Market counter, smells like this. The perfume counter, yes. J.C. Penney. Oh, by the way, we should mention it is a very dark beer with oh. ruby highlights. Yeah, it's yeah. like black. Eh, yes, where's the pot? The first taste is with your eyes. <laughs> it's right. That here. was a live drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dark brown, uh, <laughs> cloudy, murky, maybe. It, it's not see through. It's black as not balls. Okay, and then yeah, the aroma you just get. You just ah. get that that <clears throat> tie. It, Almost, it's like it's just curry. Uh, it's like a, a crawfish boil. Oh no! Okay. 
You okay. think like this is crawfish beer? 2. No, 0? but you get the spices from a crawfish boil. <laughs> oh. If that makes sense. We should do a crawfish beer sometime. Mm. And or lobster. Whoa. Flavor is flavor is <laughs> quite spicy. Quite spicy. <laughs> um, like like pepper, heat. Um, yeah, curry. Um, <laughs> Indonesian spice. Actually, I do still get cinnamon though. Right. You know what I get? And I know it's not in there, but. Unusual hue. Well, uh, no. Maybe. <laughs> I get at the very beginning of the of the flavor. I get allspice. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the cinnamon. Okay, there there is a, a spice there. Whoa! Yeah, this is not. I can't drink all this. <laughs> there's there's a small amount of heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, alcohol it's, heat or just it pepper? Is a, no pepper heat. Spice. Yeah, no it spice is spicy. Heat. I mean, I I don't know. I can't claim to have ever had curry, right? But from what I hear, it's got some spice to it. Yes, habanero chili peppers. <laughs> Who was that? Would <laughs> <laughs> me because I was saying habanero. It was, was, was that Frado? Yeah, he has that high of a voice. No, that was Eddie. That was Eddie. Mm. Listen again, habanero chili peppers. <laughs> that is Eddie. Eddie. Okay. He said, "Oh goodness, mm. I mean, that's Ghostface Killer. This is good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it, but I can't drink much of it. No, this is definitely a sipping beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've said this a couple of times with the spicy beers, the ones yeah. that have pepper involved. This would be a great chicken marinade. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Why not? Why not brisket? Ooh, you don't really hear about spicy brisket." I mean, usually it's the sauce that's spicy, like I've the been, bar- the spicy barbecue sauce. But for chicken, you could just marinate the chicken in this and grill it, and it would be. When the last time I smoked a brisket, I did last fi- week. No, actually, this was about three weeks ago. Um, I uh, I put fajita seasoning on there. Like, I mean, I covered that thing too. Yeah, that's spicy. That's good. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying no, it's I not know. usually I'm... something you hear about. I'm just saying, if we ever do a food pairing with barbecue, I'll smoke some meat. All right, so talking about this as a foreign extra stout. No, <laughs> not happening. No, no, no. Do you no. get any like roasted malt characteristics nope. in this at all? No. 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 It's no, all no, covered no, no, up no, by no. The, the adjuncts. Yeah, the spice just takes control. And Anybody want mine? <laughs> this is going to give me heartburn. You know what? I'm with yeah. you. I'm... So I'm gonna tell you why I don't like this because there's right. two there's too many intense flavors all fighting for control, and it, I don't find it well balanced. It's a um, and you know I, I make pepper beers all the time, so I I have plenty of hot spicy beers at my house, but this one is just it's a spice that doesn't pair well with the other flavors in the beer yeah there's a beginning a clear beginning middle and end in the flavor profile and all three of them are different yeah i think it's it's just, it's too busy it is very busy now see whenever i think about beers that are really busy i think about kafka-esque okay because even on the can they labeled like five or six different things but yeah. that one you could clearly identify 
each one of those things, but the overall product was a pleasurable experience. All right, so let's... let's I'm not saying that this one's not pleasurable. I'm just... It's... I wouldn't mix the heat with the allspice cinnamon flavor that I'm getting. Yeah, because that's like spice on top of spice. Right. Basically. Yep. Yeah. And and I think that's where my issue is. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I, I could drink it. I'm not going to pour it out. However, like you said, Travis, there's some competing things there. I think Eddie would like this one. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably pound this to 11. I'm going to pound the crap out of it. Well, I really do think Eddie would like this one. This is an interesting place for a brewery like Ballast Point to go. You know, well, Ballast Point's done a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, the the Jalapeno Sculpin. Oh, is yeah. fantastic. Ooh, yeah, or no, Habanero Habanero, Habanero Sculpin. That's oh, what it was. That would be good. It it yeah. is great. Okay, it's great. They they've done a lot of off the wall things in the past, and and for the most part, they've done pretty well. This yeah. one is. This one is just a it's lot. I, I, it's good. Like I said, I, I like it. I don't think it's up there with Habanero Sculpin. All right, is this a Sculpin? No, it's not Sculpin. Sculpin's IPA. Uh, what what is the base stout that they usually do? Uh, Victory at Sea. Or is that a a porter? That mm. one might be a porter. I don't know. I don't Does know. it not say where's the hmm? where's the bottle? Oh, right here. Yeah, because on, on the. On the untapped listing, the base is a foreign extra stout, which I'm not getting many elements of that coming through. So the octopus that they have on the label, that's I've seen that before. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't remember which one. Uh, usually, why, why we, are we yeah. Usually, their their labels have the same base um, label as whatever the base beer is. <laughs> Because Victory at Sea has that skeleton driving the boat, right? Mm. I'm struggling with this one. Commodore. That's their stout. That's what I'm thinking of. The Commodore. Okay. And they, it's a, well, no, it's a skeleton pirate. Wait, that's that's Commodore? Because Victory at Sea has a skeleton pirate, too. Yeah, because I think the Victory at Sea, because um, they have the cinnamon raisin Commodore, Right. Uh, sea Monster is their Imperial Stout. They also have a uh, Mint Stout, which is pretty good, too. That's a, a Victory at Sea offshoot also, I think. Oh, yeah, sorry. we did a, a peppermint version of that on yeah. this podcast, yeah. I believe. Ooh, Sin Mint at one point. All right, so. I, 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 I do like this. It's definitely... Not mainstream. No, not at all. There's another pepper stout that we've had. I'm trying to remember what it was. Like in the two and a half years we've had this podcast yeah, going? Yeah, <laughs> or maybe maybe not. I don't think so. I, I would have remembered that. Could be. We've drank a lot of beer since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't believe us, then check us out on brewstyles.com. Uh, backslash featured beer. So, uh, what's your pounder ability on this one? All right. This is an interesting one. I had to make a trip to the dollar store to get it done. Nope. Oh. Here it is. Clown <laughs> shoes, chocolate sombrero. Oh, I remember that. 
Not really, but yeah. Um, that one had like a... Ancho chili, cinnamon, and vanilla. Okay, so ancho is a dried poblano, so very low heat. Not like this one, which is a very lingering, intrusive heat. But with, mixed with the spice of the cinnamon allspice kind of situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the two are similar. But either way, a pound of billy on this one for me would be like a two. Yeah. Are we even at two? One. One, yeah. Point one. five. I don't know. I kind of like this the one. The spice, the heat. I like it. I, I do not. I'm going to disagree with everyone. I disagree with everything that's been said. I'm gonna I don't know that I'm going to drink all of yours, Sawyer, but... I just put half of yours in mine, Sawyer. It's... <laughs> okay, stop. The, the flavors don't mend. Did you not hear him? Meld well with me and... <laughs> that's half. No, that was not half. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. Yeah, the, the flavors don't meld well, in my opinion, and I don't, um, I don't like this. I have to agree with Travis. I don't say that very often on this podcast. I try to be very positive towards all of our, all of our friends in the brewing industry, but I don't like this. That's fair. Lo siento. Yeah. No. Luckily, Ballast Point does a lot of like really good stuff to where they could probably be forgiven for sure, being a little yeah. weird. So that's that's fine. <laughs> maybe maybe that's hence limited release. Yes. They weren't sure how it would be. Yeah. Thank received, God. But anyway. So this was yeah, this I mean th- th- this was one that I picked up just because the guy at the store I was at googled extra stout and this came up as an image on another guy's blog who was doing BJCP reviews on his blog. And he had done extra stout category that day, and it had Guinness extra stout, Schlafly's Irish stout or something. And then it had this in the middle. And he's like, hey, you know, we don't have anything that says extra stout, but this is coming up on Google. You want to give it a shot? And I said, this looks weird enough to be just one of those beers that is just off the wall kind of weird. Yeah. Sure, let's do it. All right. <laughs> cool. I don't regret it. I like it. I, I mean, I like it. I I don't think it's beer. <laughs> I would never buy it again. Well, it is beer. <laughs> it is beer. It's hard to believe it's beer. I'll say that. It It's really hard to believe it's beer. No. No. No, I could drink maybe the rest of what's in my glass and I'll be done with it forever. Are you disagreeing with your own drop there, Travis? Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm not in like a huge drinking mood, but right now I kind of am. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, hey. Anything else to wrap this one up? No. Well, thanks for joining us this week when we talked about uh, a lot of different stouts. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly extra stouts yeah, and this, export stouts. Uh, extra, extra stout, export stout. And some curry stouts. So, foreign stouts yeah, and was, some home stouts that were also foreign stouts, but not really. It was a little bit strange. Anyway, <laughs> so next week we might get a little stranger or at least more sour whenever we visit 23C Ode Brune. Cheers until then. Bye.